Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Ready? Ugh, I hate mornings. Why can't I just sleep until I'm ready to get up? I'm so grouchy in the mornings. Ugh, I don't do mornings. What do we got going on today? Let's look at the calendar. Oh, why do I have so many meetings? I really should have planned my week better. Let's be honest, a good leader would make sure they had white space on their calendar so they can dream and plan for the future future. I mean, (laughs) will there even be a future? Everything hit the fan the last few weeks here in the States. Legit, my friend reached out from Rome to let me know that she's seen the news and she's praying for me. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what to think. People are legit worried. They're afraid. They aren't sure what the future holds. I hope my kids know everything is going to be okay. I I definitely don't want them to be afraid. Kids have enough to worry about. I mean, my sweet Cohen, my fifth grade son, Cohen, starting bands this week for the first time. Oh, but did, did I force him into this or does he actually want to play in the band? Oh, no, no, it's good for him. Yeah, it, it's really good to have some musical training. Okay, it, it's good. Or, or I'm just a controlling mother who pushes her own musical agenda on her kid. Awesome. Kids. Three kids. I have three kids. I mean, it is my job to worry about them, right? I I mean, I worry because I care. Have I worried enough? Have I prepared them enough for the real world? Because if I don't, if I mess this up, oh, I'm going to screw up my kids. They're going to fail their high school classes. They'll they'll never get into college. They'll never get their dream job or get married. And and, they'll blame me. They'll, They'll hate me and they'll never come to visit me. And I'll end up all alone with nobody and no friends and no life. Oh, I... I just can't. I just can't get up. (sighs) Happy Monday. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I produced that myself, actually, with my iPad, so you're really welcome. No. (laughs) My kids are like, what are you doing, Mom? Nothing, nothing. We all have this inner monologue. Right? We all have this inner monologue. If we could peek behind the curtain and hear the thoughts that run through your head on a daily basis, what might we hear? Some of our voices are a little louder than others, and I'll be totally honest, this one for me, that was just dramatized for your viewing pleasure, but we all have this inner thought life, these, these thoughts that are currently ticking through our brain. And the thing is, this little voice is gonna do one of two things. It's either going to affirm your righteous identity in Christ, or it's going to oppose it. That's it. So is it possible for us to escape the torture of the inner monologue? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and maybe the answer will surprise you. But before we jump into the message, would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much uh, for being with us. And you know, as, as Clay prayed earlier, I think we're just supposed to, like, posture our hearts to receive. 
So we, we give you this moment. Jesus, we give you this, this time to shape what we see, what we believe, what we hear. And we welcome you to be our wonderful, wonderful teacher. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we are in this series called Naturally Supernatural, Everyday Encounters for Everyday Disciples. And in this series, we're looking to answer the question, what does it mean to be a naturally supernatural disciple? Now, two weeks ago, Putty laid out the roadmap for us. Remember the picture, the shield, the big, big thing? And he told us that to be a naturally supernatural disciple, we have to do three things. First, we embrace belonging in the Father, which Brandon covered last week. Then we be which if you're a grammar, like if that bugs you, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is, we be. That's what we're gonna learn today, we be. And then we do with Holy Spirit, which Julie is gonna cover next week. But this roadmap is what we learn. We, we do all of these things over and over and over again. And as we do that, we start learning what it means to be a naturally supernatural disciple. So because we learned last week that first we belong to the Father, first we are sons and daughters, we're gonna build on that today and learn what it means to be in Jesus. We would call this knowing our identity. When we be in Jesus, I know, we be, we know our identity. So identity is simply a knowing and a confidence in who we are. And we can all recognize confidence, like confidence in the natural, right? In high school, it was the kid with the swag, he had a little, little walk, a little one of these, they do that. As adults, we don't do that so much, which is probably for the best, but you can tell when someone with confidence walks in a room, right? They own the space, they have confidence. And natural confidence is fantastic, it's great, but that's actually not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about a supernatural confidence that comes from knowing who Jesus has made us to be. It's about knowing who Jesus says we are. So we know our identity in Christ when we come into agreement with who he says we are. Do you know what he says? He says we're righteous. Righteous. Now that's a churchy word, right? It also makes me think of that little turtle from Finding Nemo. Righteous. Like that's all I hear. Righteous. Now you will too. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> righteous. We're righteous. What does that mean? It means we're right in being. We're morally good. It means we're good with God. You think for a moment and go, wait, me? How can this be? But I know me, I, I live with me, and we don't look so good all the time. How can this be? When we say yes to an encounter with Jesus, when we say yes to being in a relationship with him, we are no longer defined by our behavior. We are no longer defined by our circumstance. In fact, it's a supernatural transaction that happens when we move from sinner to saint. And it's not based on our behavior. It means we have a brand new identity. Who's getting excited? We're gonna jump in the word. Get your Bibles out or look up on the screen. We're gonna read about this beautiful encounter here in Romans chapter three. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness, righteous, you're gonna do it every time you hear it now, of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him receive that free gift. For there really is no difference between us. For we all have sinned. Did you catch that? We all have sinned. Your mama, your neighbor, your bank teller, your pastors, not me, I'm those other guys for sure. I'm just kidding. We all have sinned. 
and are in need of the glory of God. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, free, God freely gives away his righteousness. His free gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because of Jesus, the anointed one, who has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. This is the truth. This is the word of God. And just for a moment, let, like, let the visual rest on you. How many of you have ever stood under a waterfall before? Or like a really good shower? No, nobody? Okay, just me. Really good shower. And you rest in that moment. And you're like, ah, oh, that is what this moment is right? That the gift of love and favor of God begins to cascade over us and we simply rest. We be. That is the place that we rest from. We've been made right. It's not about performance. It's a free gift that was given to us today because of Jesus. And if you have never said yes to this free gift, today's the day. Don't let your moment change. If you're listening online, drop it in the chat. I need Jesus. We want to help you come into agreement with who Jesus says you are. Your life will be radically transformed. If you're here today, receive the free gift that will change your life. This is an encounter with Jesus that will change everything, I promise you. Because when we say yes to the family of God, we automatically become the righteousness of God in Christ. That means we have a brand new identity. It means we're right, righteous. Right, this is the amazingly good, ridiculously outrageous, incredibly scandalous gospel of grace. And it'll change everything for you. It'll change the way you see the world. It'll change the way you interact with people. It'll change the way you love yourself. When you understand what has already been done, that it's not about your performance, it's about his performance. In fact, you know this, there's nothing you can do that's gonna make God love you any less. And do you know this? There's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you anymore. Because it's not about what you do. It's about who he made you to be. Got it? All right. Why is this so hard for us to believe, though? You're like, Leah, this sounds nice. I understand. And yet, it's hard to live out. It's because we've learned our entire lives that our behavior actually determines our worth and value. We've learned this from birth, right? We don't know how to be in Jesus because it goes against the grain of everything we know. We're convinced that our behavior determines our worth and value. How do I know? Well, you wanna do well in life? You better work hard. You wanna get a good job? You better study and get into that good college. U of I, what? That's where I went so I can be excited. You want to get married? You better look like someone who's gonna make a good partner. You wanna start that business? You better learn how to grind. You wanna be successful? Stay away from drugs, sex, and rock and roll. It'll mess you up. We have learned that our behavior determines our worth, and do you know what that creates in us? Unrest. It creates a deep sense of fear. Fear that ultimately, I'm gonna be deemed worthless based on what I do or what I don't do. So we try and control our behavior so that ultimately we'll be accepted and worthy of love, right? But for some of us, this is devastating news. You know why? Because as hard as we've tried, we still haven't been enough. We couldn't save the marriage. We still filed the bankruptcy. We couldn't get out of that addiction as hard as we've tried, right? I, I've tried. I, I still made the mistake I said I never wanted to make. 
and we're defeated. Why? We failed. We've missed it. And others of us feel like we've succeeded. Why? Well, I've learned how to behave. I must be worthy. I've done it right. right. I went to the good college, got the job, got the house with the white picket fence and the 2.5 children. No dogs. I don't do animals. Clay just got a dog. Ask him about it. I will, yeah, we'll pray for you. I'll send my kids over there. We think that we have earned our position because we've obeyed the rules. I've done all the right things. Therefore, of course, I am worthy. And you know what? Both are wrong. You don't earn your worthiness in the kingdom of God by performing correctly, and you don't lose it by not performing right. It is all about Jesus. This is the thing. You start giving glory to Jesus, the one who made a way for you, the one who made a way for me. It was never about our behavior. It was about his perfection. This is good news, but we don't live this out, right? How do I know this? Because we're not at rest. If we were truly in alignment and in agreement with what Jesus says about us and our identity was in him, we would be at rest. We would be. So if we're not at rest, we're not being. Because it's really such terrible grammar, but there's really no other way around it. How do I know that I know that I know my identity? What's your inner voice saying? What do you hear? There's this little scripture in the wisdom book in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, that says this. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. As you think within yourself, so you are. So, what do you think about yourself? What are you thinking? What's your little voice saying all the time? That little inner monologue, what's it saying? Maybe your inner voice is a little critical. Maybe your inner voice is, you're nothing. Your family's nothing. You've never been anything. They lived in poverty, you'll live in poverty. You're never gonna amount to anything. Have, do you know what you've done? I've seen it, I've seen it all. They don't even know, but I know. This inner voice is critical. Maybe your inner voice is a little cocky. Maybe your little inner voice says, Psh, I don't need anybody. I don't need people. I, I did this myself. I earned this. Critical or cocky, both voices need to be redeemed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Neither of those are coming into agreement with what Jesus says. Here's the thing. If we start listening to these little voices, do you know what the fruit is that will be produced? Critical or cocky? Do you know what the fruit is? Fear. Fear. Either we fear we're going to mess it up or we have messed it up and no, it's never going to get any better. Or we fear that we have to control everything to make sure it never falls out of line. We're not at rest. We're not at peace. And we're rooted in fear. Fear is the fruit of a misaligned identity. Wow. Who's behind all fear? It's a little louder for the people in the back. Satan. Satan, you know his name, right? Satan, who is the OG influencer, right? He's been influencing people from the beginning of time, since the garden. Do you know what his marketing strategy is? Fear. Everybody say fear. Fear, fear is the marketing strategy of the enemy. He is afraid, so he wants you to be afraid. He is miserable, so he wants you to be miserable. Why do we listen to him? He's just like background noise. Why does he do that? Why are we listening to that? Why are we coming into agreement with the things he's saying? Because when we do that, when we come into agreement with that, we will live in fear. What is it he's getting you to be afraid of? Fear of failure? Fear you're going to be alone the rest of your life? Fear that you're going to look stupid? 
Fear that uh, someone's going to criticize you. Fear of change. How about this one? Fear of the unknown. That's a good one. What is it that the enemy is getting you to be afraid of? Because if you're living in fear, you're not living in rest because you're not living in who he says you are to be. We have to change our mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 says it this way, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Everyone say sound mind. Sound mind. That means if your inner voice is saying crazy things that do not come into alignment with Jesus, you need to have your mind renewed. Here's the deal. Jesus sees what we cannot see. We're in a moment and all we see is that circumstance. We're in a moment and all we see is, I don't know how we're going to get out of this, Jesus. We're in this moment, says, but I blew it again. How could you possibly love me? You got to renew your mind. If there is unrest in your mind, the opportunity for upgrade today is peace. The opportunity for upgrade is rest. You can be in Jesus. I want everyone to turn to their neighbor right now and say this. And if you're online, you just type it right there in the chat. Ready? I am not what I have done. I am who Jesus says I am. Don't worry, you're going to do it twice. You got two neighbors. Turn to the other neighbor. You say, I am not what I have done. I am who Jesus says I am. Jesus says you are worthy. Jesus says you are right in being. Jesus says that you are complete. Jesus says that you don't have to live with this uh, going on in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. You can be at rest. Who needs some rest? Who needs some rest? That we're not going to be trapped in the thought life that just has us spin in circles. We need rest. You know what we need? An encounter with Jesus. Do you know that when you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes everything? You read, okay, read through the Gospels and you read about how when Jesus enters the picture, everything changes. Jesus enters the picture and, and disciples' lives are completely transformed. You know the, the 12 disciples, you've heard of them? Yeah, their lives are completely radically changed. Jesus says, you, I'm gonna make you brand new. I know you look like a fisherman, just wait. He changes their identity. He makes them brand new. And he says, and here's the deal, you're gonna come with me and we're gonna do crazy things. You know what Jesus did? Turns water into wine. Can I get an amen, right? He says, we're gonna heal that leper, we're gonna raise the dead, and you're gonna do the same things that I've done and even greater things. How did Jesus do this? He knew he belonged. He was in the family. If you missed the message last week, go listen. You belong. Abba, I belong. And from that place, oh, we be, we rest. He knew how to do that, and that's the place he operated from. I want to tell you about one of the guys whose life was completely changed by Jesus. His name is Simon, and Here's the deal, Simon. Simon is like a blue-collar worker, fisherman. He's been a fisherman since birth. It's all he knows is to fish. And he's in business with his brother, Andrew, and his friends, James and John. So fisher, like fisherman, just let it sink in exactly what he is. And here's the deal with Simon. He's brash, kind of rude, a little cocky, little, like, he's not the guy you pick and Jesus go, like, yeah, you're the guy I want, Simon. And yet, Jesus chooses him. What I love about this is in one of their first meetings, Jesus comes up to Simon and he says this. He says, Simon, that's your name, right? Your name's Simon, son of John. But you will now be called Cephas, which sounds funny to me, but it's actually Aramaic for the word rock. So he meets this guy and the very first time he meets him, he's like, hey, you and me, we're gonna be friends. How do you know? Nickname, 
right? You nickname the people you love. There's insider language. There's this like, oh, endearment that happens when you give someone a nickname. So he meets him and then like, no longer are you Simon, now I call you Peter or Cephas. Cephas, just say it, it's so funny, Cephas. I don't know why, okay, it's a great word. You really said it, Cephas. <laughs> okay, so Jesus meets Peter and he totally transform, transforms his life. He takes him from being this blue collar fisherman and ends up building the church on him. He becomes preacher, teacher, incredible apostle. He starts uh, really beginning, becoming a fisher of men, right? He changes the lives of others. But here's the deal, it was a journey. So when Putty talks about that roadmap of like revelation and how we learn to belong, be, do, he lived this out over and over and over again. And he was like present with Jesus in the flesh and still started listening to his inner voice over the voice of the Father. It's, it's, it's a journey. There was this one time, uh, Peter went out with his buddies and they were, doing, they were fishing all night, right? Fun. It was for them because this is how they made money. They went out, they fished all night, but guess what? Caught nothing. You ever been fishing and catch nothing? I don't know, I don't fish very much, but... <laughs> I think it was highly disappointing. All night long, fish, 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 come back, absolutely nothing, they give up, they pull their boat to shore, and oh, there's Jesus teaching on the shore. He's hanging out with people, he's sharing the gospel, Jesus sees them pulling in, he's like, yo, Peter! Something like this, go back and read it. Yo, Peter, can I, can I borrow your boat? I just need your boat, I need to use it as like a stage, I'm gonna stand on your boat. Peter's like, yes, Jesus, take my boat. So Jesus gets on the boat, he teaches the people on the shore, it's great, and then when we're all done, Jesus goes, let's go fishing. And they're like, are you kidding? Like, literally, we were just out doing this all night. There's nothing out there. Let the inner voice start playing for Peter. What was he thinking? Okay, got it. We, the professional fishermen, have been out doing this forever and caught nothing. You want us to listen to you, traveling preacher. You think you know about that fish. Okay, I understand. Great. So, but he says, but master, if you say so. Let's do it. Let's fish. I'm sure Jesus like just giggled and laughed and like, okay, your inner thoughts have to come into agreement with what Jesus says. His inner thought said, Peter, you're a boss. Don't listen to this guy. You've done this. You're the, you're the, you're, you know what you're doing. But he bowed. He said, okay, they get in the boat. And if you know the story, they go out and sure enough, Jesus like, drop your nets. They drop the nets right away. They're filled to the brim. Like where the heck have these fish been all night long? But there they were. And they filled two boats filled with fish. It was miraculous. Miraculous, and I want to read what happens here because in this moment, this is powerful. In this moment, Peter has the revelation where he, or yeah, Peter, and he goes, Jesus, you know better than I know. Jesus, you see what I cannot see. You guys, do we do this with Jesus? We think we know better. We think we want to listen to this inner voice, and he says, You don't know better. You don't see. Let me show you what I see. And here's what happens in Luke 5. Let's pick it up. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Now listen to this. Jesus says, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. And after pulling their boats to shore, they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. What's fascinating here is that Jesus is calling out the one thing that plagues each and every one of us when it comes to understanding our identity. It's fear. Everyone say fear. It's fear. Fear is the enemy strategy for keeping us from trusting Jesus and living out exactly who he says we are to be. And if you yield to fear, 
you will not be at rest. You will not be able to be. The opportunity today is to not yield to your fear. He says, Peter, look, I know you're afraid, man. I know you've been fishing your whole life. I know this is what you know, but I'm giving you a brand new identity. Cephas, you're brand new. I'm actually gonna teach you how to fish for men. I know you're afraid of tomorrow. I know you're a little worried about what might or might not happen tomorrow. Trust me, don't give in to your fear. And Peter is such an interesting choice to be the disciple that Jesus chooses to build the church on. Why? He is a bundle of contradictions. He is. He's brash and bold, and he's a complete coward. He denies his own best friend three times. He's like, Jesus? No, I don't know. Jesus. He's aggressive. He's He's kind of mean. In fact, well, at one point, they come to arrest Jesus, and Peter's like, I'll save you, Jesus. And he, like, cuts the ear off of the servant guy, and Jesus is like, Pete, we, we don't do that. Like, this is our chosen time. And he puts the ear back on and heals it. He's aggressive. And yet, he's chosen. You know, it was never based on Peter's perfection. It was based on the fact that he'd been given a brand new identity. You are now Cephas. You are now Peter. And I'm going to build my church on you. That is the opportunity for each one of us today. Do you know Jesus sees what we cannot see? Even if you've lived it, even if you've experienced it, but, but I know better. Oh. Opportunity today is to come into agreement with what Jesus says. So how's your inner thought life? What are you thinking about all the time? Here's the funny thing. You're going to remember this during the week because you're going to start having these little conversations in your head. It's going to sound a lot like you. And you're going to go, oh, this, this is it. This is the thing you're talking about. Do the things you think come into alignment with who Jesus says you are? Because if not, here's what you're going to do. 2 Corinthians 10. Ready? It's so vivid. I love this scripture. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. That's what we're going to do. When the fear comes, when the lie comes, when the moment of like, oh, but what about tomorrow? What about my circumstance, Jesus? What about? You capture, like a prisoner of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. When you do that, do you know the fruit of that? Peace. You guys, I actually think I have a revelation of this. My life hasn't been, it's not like my circumstances have all been good, so therefore my life is good. It's not about the circumstance. It's coming into alignment with what Jesus says and you can rest in that place. I actually don't have to care what anybody thinks. Legit, and I believe it, actually. I love you all. Really don't care what you think. You know why? I want my dad to be pleased. If it pleases Jesus, I am fulfilled. That is the confidence I'm talking about, a confidence in who he's made me to be, a confidence that is not shaken by circumstance, and you've got to renew your mind to this truth. What do we do? Repent. That's a churchy word. We love to hear it on street corners, right? Repent, turn, burn. Just kidding, we don't do that. Repent means this, change your mind. You're gonna change your mind. You're gonna hear that thought. You're gonna take it captive. If it doesn't sound like Jesus, it's probably not. You take it captive and you tell, you, you renew your mind. You tell yourself the truth. What does this look like? I have another cheesy video for, video for you. Are you ready? This is what it could look like if we renewed our mind. Let's watch.
morning already? (sighs) Well, Jesus, you say your mercies are new every morning, so good morning. (laughs) Let's check out our calendar and see what we have. Gosh, we have a lot of meetings today. So many meetings. (laughs) I guess this means we have a lot of opportunities to encourage people today. Man, we're going to build and lead and create. Oh, Jesus, it's such a joy to partner my work life with you. Like, I know the world's a little crazy. Things are a little hype this week in our country, but I'm choosing to rest in you. Jesus, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that you're already there. And so I am choosing to trust you. It's going to be a great day. And look, look on the calendar. Jesus, Cohen is starting band today. Gosh, I am so excited for him to try something new. Like, I know he's a little nervous, but I I just love spending time with him. And I told him I was going to check out that trombone with him after school. I can't wait to do that. Jesus, thank you for the gift of my kids. Thank you that I get to spend time shaping and encouraging them. Thank you for the blessing that I have in loving my kids. And thank you that you are always with them. So I don't ever have to worry or be afraid. You go with them everywhere they go. Jesus, we got this. This is gonna be a great day. I am choosing to rest in your love today. Let's do this. When when we allow Jesus to speak his truth into our hearts, we are transformed. And this can be an everyday encounter, every morning when you wake up. Holy Spirit, show me what I don't see. Help me see the fish that are out there that are, you're just waiting for me to catch. When the fear comes, we capture those thoughts and demand that they bow in obedience to the anointed one. And you know what we do? We replace it with truth. Scripture's filled with them. You want a couple? I'm gonna throw them up on the slides for you. You can screenshot this sucker, take it with you. Let's say it together. Who, who does Jesus say we are? I am a child of God, say it. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I am made in the image of God. I am free. I am loved. I am seen. I have a purpose and a future. You are for me. You're not against me. You will provide for me. What happens when we start believing this? For as we think inside ourselves, so we be. It changes who we are. It means we can turn our fear into praise. We turn our worry into worship. We start to declare, no, this is who God says I am. I will not let the enemy steal my peace. I will not let the enemy steal my joy. We can rest in this place. God is so faithful. I've seen it. I've lived it. I believe it. He will give you absolutely everything you need. And so, Father, right now, we turn our fear into faith. Father, may there be a deposit of faith right now in this place to believe that you are who you say you are. Father, we trust you as our provider. We trust you in the middle of the storm that you're going to show up. You never leave us. And so we acknowledge you right now, Jesus, as Lord of our life, and we begin to worship you. Be honored by this room filled with praise. Be honored, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.